0: the Fringe, a podcast of Campus 180. Uh, this is Michael Mordanga with his good bud.
1: This is Ethan uh, Cook.
0: Cook. Welcome, Ethan. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing swell. It's been a short but really busy week. I uh, right. got to, to completely rearrange my new office Uh where it looks new now so i'm excited to be productive and uh, do my first podcast with uh, i've got even got a little uh, scented oil over there going my office smells good and i'm ready to to see what kind of question our letters are going to give us today
0: yeah you, your room sounds kind of like a spa you know is there a place for therapeutic massage
1: uh not yet not yet
0: I see you have a fancy mic, so I expect good good things from you. So, just in case this is your first time here, um, this is Friends on the Fringe. Two friends having big conversations that impact the soul. And today, I think we have a whopper of a question. What do you think?
1: I do. I like this topic. It's a... A topic where you get to talk about a lot Dealing with college students And and those transitioning to a new phase in their life
0: mm-hmm. As a child, I always hated going here Even though it was a one hour And my parents used to say and I think everyone's parents used to say You know, God only expects one hour So if you can just give him that every Sunday
1: Well, one hour, man We had the Go to Sunday school and then church. So it was like hour and 15. No, like three hours.
0: Your shift was a little bit longer?
1: Yes. and that, Well, the church I first was going to still had a Sunday night service. And then my parents were the youth group leaders. So, of course, then I had to go to youth group.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into the letter. Okay. We have a bill from East Hollywood, Rhode Island. And he writes, I'm a recent baptized believer after attending a Christian camp. I was encouraged to find a church. My friends at camp told me to avoid Catholic Church, Pentecostal Church, and Anglican Church because they teach unbiblical messages. I'm wondering if there's a church that knows all the truth about the Bible. Sincerely, Bill from East Hollywood.
1: Wow. Thanks for your letter, Bill. That's... uh quite the pack scenario that you gave us first yeah. first i'm pretty pumped that he got baptized after going to a camp this uh-huh. summer uh, i my my own life was influenced a lot by summer camps and those experiences um so i i would want these friends so your friends at camp so hopefully they're christian friends uh-huh. are telling him which churches maybe to avoid they didn't seem to tell him what churches to go to um, right. <clears throat> I always like well, to I, recommend something if I'm going to re- disrecommend something else.
0: Yeah. Well, everybody knows what they don't want more than what they do. It's easier to find flaw than it is to find perfection.
1: So we we could maybe break his question up a little bit. One question would be are there certain churches to avoid or how would you know if they're not a good Church, Um, or specifically, is there a church that knows all the truth about the Bible?
0: Well, you know, as my pastor used to say back when I was a youth director, um, if you find the perfect church, don't go to it because you'll just mess it up.
1: Oh, I like that one.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's the answer we're going to find today as we as we discuss this issue, about the what what's so important about finding a church? And you know, uh, do I have to go to this church? What's my what's my responsibility um, going to this building every Sunday? Or is it more than just every Sunday, Ethan? Is it is it a lifestyle with this building?
1: or is it <clears throat> or is it more than just the building
0: yes are these people i'm going to see forever and if yes what does it mean
1: uh, you know what might be fun mike this is not in in our notes but what excuses have you heard why someone doesn't go to church so for for one that i would that comes to mind a lot uh, specifically for college students you might be in a new area for two years at a community college or four years or more if you're getting a graduate or higher. Uh, but a lot of college students have said, well, I, I'm not going to get a, be involved in a church because I might only be here for a few years. And so that kind of t- made me think about that when you said, am I going to mm-hmm. be a part of this church forever?
0: Right. You know, I hear, I, I sat down with a man who um, his wife and his kids were going, but he says, you know what, I I do enough for God, so I don't think I need to go to church. As if there was like a, a membership requirement.
1: I, wanna, I want that guy to mentor me. I, I definitely don't feel like I've done enough, not that I ever right. could do enough. I think scripture teaches us that there's nothing we can do to do enough. Mm-hmm. But man, that would be cool to, to hear that guy. And how, how does he know he's done enough?
0: Oh, you know, a lot of people I went to college with or youth group with, they stopped going to church and they're ex- they didn't hate God. They, they just don't trust what organized religion has to say about him. And so they, they want to cut themselves off from any anyone who's associated with a group that has maybe history, maybe is accredited. I always want to know what to say to them. And all I can think of is, don't worry, my church isn't organized.
1: Well, I, I think a young person is looking for an exciting church. And a lot of churches, I think you, you, more than half of your churches in America have less than 100 members in them. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's actually more than that. Um, but a lot of times churches have a kid's Sunday school and a kid's you know ministry. And then they have an adult ministry. And sometimes that college student feels like they don't fit in. And I've heard that before. Well, there's not a lot of other college students. Or there's nothing in it for me as if that's why we go to church, right, to get something out of it for ourselves. But that's another reason I've heard people say it. I don't, I didn't get anything out of it.
0: You know, that, that is interesting because I've seen that gap everywhere. The You got the old guys. You know, you can't have church without old people it's like peanut butter and jelly Um, and then you have children you know someone has grandchildren some type of toddler infant and then you have you know all those and maybe some high school people thrown in maybe a few a few families that have kind of stuck around but like right in the middle the 20-somethings the young adults young families they're in short supply
1: I was recently helping uh, three different high schoolers that are going off to college in my local community, three different, completely different colleges all out of the area, at least an hour away. And trying to contact the the local churches, which meant for me going to Google Maps and seeing if they even have a website. Some of them don't even have a Facebook or a website. So how do I even contact them to find out if a student would be there? Um, a lot of them that did respond, or a few of them responded, and said, uh, "You know, we don't have a whole lot for young adults, um, but we're revitalizing our church. We're kind of starting over." Um, the one in Alfred Almond was like that, and then the one in Cobleskill was like that. They have an interim pastor. Um, but think of a think of you kind of transplanting a new plant, right? That hasn't produced a lot of fruit yet. And like when you buy your garden plants, if they're transplants, uh-huh. you put them in a new place. And if if they're not and they're not proactive in finding ways to be spirit fed spiritually, uh-huh. then how do you expect them to continue to grow very healthy?
0: Right. And, you know, a lot of churches, A, don't have like websites. They don't they're not out of the 19th century And, you know, for good reasons, you know, my church has like what six, seven, eight families. This is hypothetical church. You know, everyone's kind of over 60, 70, a few grandkids show up who maybe know how to use YouTube. You know, no one, no one kind of fits the demographic of internet user. And you find these churches spotted all over the United States.
1: So I think, uh, I think we could go to something you brought up earlier, which is, what, what if I can't find the perfect church? And how would you answer that question if someone said, you know what, I've been looking at a few churches, Mike, trying to maybe get involved, and I just can't find the perfect one or the right one, so I'm probably going to just quit looking. I'll go to Bedside Baptist.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that perfect word is trouble because what is perfect what's perfect for me might not be perfect for you i definitely don't think anyone's thinking what's perfect in god's eyes you know do we have privilege to nail all those bullet points um or or is it one of those things we have such high standards like a message needs to sound like this the people need to say hello to me this many times these events need to be you know, I just think that standard, of living up to it is like impossible. But does that mean that you should just you know run into any church and just say, "Here I am, you're the best I can do," or should we have some sort of expectations?
1: Right, and and I can't. Yeah, I like what you said earlier. If I find the perfect church, I should not go to it because I have then made it impure or messy yes uh, and we while we want to hold our spiritual leaders to a higher standard they're still going to mess up and fall we see that in the news uh-huh. monthly around our country right now um but hot so how do i find the perfect church um so something I like to do in my discipleship with young guys uh, in college is equipping them to be a strong Christian wherever they end up in life, whether they end up in ministry or most of them don't, and that's totally fine. They become a business leader or a coworker or who knows what they are, whatever they become in their career, a computer programmer. Um, and our goal is that they are a Christian who is um, – computer programmer right and have a strong foundation and part of that my scenario and discipleship is all right mike what would you do if you got someone kind of like this scenario i just became a christian uh i'm finishing up my degree you know and i've got 10 weeks to figure out what i need to do before i go to north dakota and i'm a brand new christian and i want to be a healthy christian when i get there What, what would i look for in a church and i love that conversation to hear what people say. Um, Mm -hmm. And and so I think that maybe we should talk about what not to look for in the church.
0: Yeah. I want to put like a small asterisk that maybe should be a big asterisk is how little sometimes we don't include God's opinion in the search. Or maybe, maybe we're, you know, we're asking the wrong question. It's not what your church can do for you, but what you can do for your church. I think JFK said that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, maybe that question can help formulate where you need to be.
1: So are you uh, saying we should be praying about what church we should be a part of?
0: Yeah. Wow. As if the people you're meeting there will have a huge profound effect on you and you'll have a huge profound effect on them which will help them for their eternity
1: i agree i think that is important to start lots of things in prayer um have you so in our discussion with guys about what to look for or young college students what what should they look for in a church sometimes they come up with things that i would then put on the instead of what to look for list i would put on the what not to look for in a church yeah uh, and so what what are it. what are some things maybe you've seen where people put on the list of things that they're looking for that maybe shouldn't be on the list as a priority for choosing a church
0: well as of recently um, expecting your church to have a message that doesn't shake you or bother you or challenge you um, like using that as a way of like "Uh oh this might not be the right church because i'm a little uncomfortable about what they said that shouldn't be how you avoid a church or maybe you should be weary of a church that has, like, a message that you're always cool with and, you you know, you've always mastered and have no problem doing. Maybe that is grounds for saying, you know, am I at the right church?
1: I had a student uh, who had been involved in a very useful and contemporary, upbeat church that was Highly involved in musical worship, and it was always upbeat, clapping your hands, guitars, fog mu- fog lights, music.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And when they went to the real world and found out that oh, there's multi generations in this church, and so they were looking for flashy, exciting experiences, and they weren't finding them, and so. Uh-huh. They- the flashiness shouldn't be there we should be looking for the genuine relationships um, but i have heard that excuse well i just can't find a great worship music they still sing these old things called hymns uh, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah i mean there's there's a, a music elitism you have to be this loud use this many instruments or your music has to be this old and this classical Uh, there's message elitism, you know, I need to hear this many Bible verses, I need to, uh, this many Greek words need to be translated, or, you know, I'm not getting the best, or, you know, uh, the pastor has to be this comedic, this funny, this relatable.
1: Right. And so sometimes... I know people that judge the church strictly on the pastor, uh, um, and yet in the in the analogy of a shepherd and a f- flock of sheep or a herd of sheep, which one is it? Um, in, in that scenario, you wouldn't judge the look necessarily of the sheep just by the shepherd. You'd want to look at the sheep, right, and see who they are. Right. And yes, the the shepherd will. Reflect on the sheep a little bit, but sometimes all, all we do is judge the 30 minute monologue from a sermon from a guy that we probably don't even know.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, and I noticed this in like Protestant circles, is that it's all on the music and the message. Like if you can't land the plane if you don't have those two things. Um, and a college professor once told me, you know, well, you know, what about the corporate, you know, our father prayer that we say together as a church or the corporate confession or, you know, the, the apostles creed that we say together, isn't that, isn't that like have meaning? And I was like, yeah, you know, why, why can't we value those things? I mean we don't have that expectation for school. You know, that lecture didn't move me. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit this class.
1: Yeah, I would have quit physics and chemistry and yeah. calculus and a few others because mm-hmm. I would have said, Wow, this does not excite me or move me. Yeah. I, I think an important question uh that you and i were talking a little bit would be we want them uh so we want we don't want someone that doesn't have a i shouldn't say that we don't want someone who doesn't so if a church does not have a healthy view of scripture or respect for scripture Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be a good thing but of course so how would you test that mike how would you know if a church has a high respect for Scripture?
0: Well, it's, you know, once again, slippery slope. Um, There's definitely a tension. The tension is that God is saying things in his word that are not popular in culture, considered bad opinions that people don't like. Um, I've dealt with the opinion of the Bible and saying, you know, God, I don't like this. And, you know, I think as a church... We have to accept that that's in there. At the same time, if your church is, you know, so robotically pro-Scripture that they can't handle the, you know, opinions of its people, of inside and outside, can't handle the feelings um, and the struggles people have over that Scripture. You know, I think that's, that can be just as toxic, you know?
1: I agree. And I think the what I'm going to say next answers another question. And the other question first is, you don't want a church that's just surface level, light and fluffy. Yes, God is love, but God is also judgment and wrath and justice. Um, I knew a, a guy who... I don't know if it was a valid excuse or if it fit well, but his excuse for leaving a church and going to another one—he finally told the pastor, and the pastor just said, "Just want to know why. I'm, you know, if you found another church and you're growing there, great. But you know, is there something we did or something that upset you?" And his only response was, "You preach too much on God's love and not on God's wrath." Um, and so it just made me think about that: as you know, are they getting a good balance of Scripture? Um, We're talking about all the aspects of God, uh, not just the light and fluffy parts. Anything you would add to that, Mike, about the respect for God's word and how deep we go?
0: Yeah. You know, do you want law and order or do you want hugs and grace? Or is there a way to have a mixture of both? Um, I was a youth director at a church and you know the message always was like oh there's so much poor you we got to do something you know always watch your budget to make sure you're being generous make sure all the injustices of the world are you know it's it's your job and but you know you never heard about you know the the spiritual joy of being a christian and what it meant to be saved
1: and i think another way to test that before we get into something I heard that you enjoy is called the ninja test but before that the other test would be how would you know if the leader is is a good leader uh, and how would you know if they have a respect for the church uh, if the church respects God's word and that would be we we need to know God's word we need uh-huh. to know it in order to know if what they say is true uh, I had a pastor that used to say, you know, this is my view of things, but I, I could be wrong. I'm I'm not perfect. You know, test me. You know, if you you know, search the scriptures, if you see something that doesn't align with what I'm preaching, please come tell me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was important. So that's a way to yeah. test it: is we got to know the scriptures.
0: Yeah, it, it's scary when uh, you know Jesus isn't the central main character, hero, purpose a goal of the church. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're muted.
1: If it's not Jesus, what might be some things that the church is focused on?
0: Um, you know, some, some, some of them might have been, you know, bought and sold by the, just being the good guy in town. Oh, that church, you know, they're, they're just good guys, you know, friendly, loving, you know, shows up to soup kitchens. You know, they wouldn't hurt a fly.
1: Yeah. So, something, sometimes a church can only be about itself. Yeah. You know, they, they care about its members, but the homeless people a block away, they don't do anything for.
0: Some churches, you know, are care more about the decisions that Congress is making than in their own, uh, communities.
1: Yeah. I knew a, a church I was a part of, um, that decided that it was worth spending a 10th of its, in, no, yep. Just over a 10th of its budget, like 12% of its entire annual budget on paving the parking lot, because they thought that was important. well, a lot of other things in the budget were not important. Um, And so sometimes they were focused on how we looked to the outsiders more than some other things. Um, And so to them, it was, well, everyone drives by. So our sign and our parking lot have to look nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's a slippery slope too. You know, you don't have a good website, good Facebook, good stained glass windows, you know, pass. But at the same time, if you don't have, a good, you know, brain, heart, and soul operating in the church, what's the point of even being uh, attracted to it?
1: That's right. So a lot of these bring up good questions. Who mm-hmm. mentioned this uh, ninja test, and so I'll, uh, i going to be quiet, but so, tell us more about your litmus test or ninja test for so churches.
0: The ninja test is anyone can do this test. You go to if you're searching for a church, and you go into this new church, um, and you know you sit through the service, and you know that's good. Service is done. You go into the main lobby, just kind of hang out, um, and then you leave. If no one stopped to you at all, if no one has spoken or said hi or tried to start up a conversation, you've passed the ninja test. Like a ninja, you were in and out without being noticed. Now that's great for ninjas. It's horrible for churches. And Lynn and I, my wife, we've passed the ninja test a few times, mostly in bigger churches. You know, bigger churches sometimes have a habit of losing new faces.
1: Yes, I think that that is important. And if I was to go to your average church, which is under 100, and I went two or three weeks and no one went out of their way to meet me or Uh ask my name or ask what I do or get to know me other than, hi, how are you doing? Good, good are you? I'm good. You know, that quick
0: Uh
1: fake interchange. If no one reached out to me, I would be like, well, why would I want to go here?
0: And you know that kind of brings into the other stuff. It's like as a church, you're not a spectator um you know you know you don't go to the movies expecting people in the crowd to wanna to get to know you just because it's your job just to kind of soak and binge the the media, but like with church. There's so much you got to be part of. You're part of a community, you're part of a service, you have a gift to give, you have a vision to cast. And so there's so much about church that involves knowing other people. And so, you know, some churches, they don't, you know, you get the idea that they don't want to know you. And so it seems like you don't have anything to give to them.
1: Well, you, they, they might want your money. Yeah. So that's another thing the church can be focused on is how much money comes in. So we talked about what not to look for in a church or what shouldn't necessarily be high on the priority list. Uh, so what if we were to look at a healthier view? What What should be on someone's you know, top five or ten things that they should be looking for uh, for a a church to be involved in.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, a church at at its, like, foundation that is asking, okay, against all odds, where do we believe God's word wants us on this? Um, Churches that ask that question are you know to me that's like a very strong foundation and you know you want them asking that question
1: i totally agree with you uh another thing i would put on the list is do they have something more than just sunday Mm -hmm. if it's you know i I think of that uh, spiritual food, even the Lord's prayer, give us today my daily bread. And the fact of that, that spiritual food, I'm not gonna survive well if I only get fed once a week. And so I'm, I'm looking for it. Well, maybe it's a small group or a, you know another service, or maybe it's a serving opportunity, helping out with the food bank or uh, a way that we could serve the community. So that's another thing I look for is serving.
0: Yeah, a church that actually believes that the houses near it and around it are worth blessing is a a must.
1: Uh, So I heard of a test on another podcast recently, and it said if you're looking at a new church, you want the church to look like the community that it's in. Because a lot of the times, um, and I was involved in a church in Minneapolis downtown that I don't know, I'd guess three-quarters of the population didn't live in downtown Minneapolis, probably more than that. So that the test was go to church once or twice, and then right after church, go to a local, not a Walmart, but a local mom-and-pop shop if you're in a smaller area, and, uh, or anything nearby, I guess, it, it, right after church, and just see, do the people in those stores look the same as the people in your church? Uh, Because sometimes the church has changed or everyone's moved into the suburbs and the church is still in a different area. And you realize that, wow, everyone comes here, but no one looks like the community, which is probably a sign that they're not making a difference in the community. That's right. Uh, Another one that I think is important is, would you be willing to invite your unchurched friend to come with you to that church i've been in some churches where um i'm not sure how people would respond you know if i brought someone who didn't wasn't wearing a suit and a tie or you know didn't know all the the closing doxology is as christians call it you know a hymn that some people sing Uh Uh, and i could see how people wouldn't reach out and say oh you're not a christian why are you doing here Instead of, mm-hmm. hey, I'm so glad you're here. You must want to know about our faith or something about our Bible.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and so hopefully your church has the atmosphere that would be comfortable enough for even a non-believer to come and still feel comfortable, even though they don't know the Christian lens.
0: Yes. Have you ever had someone come back to church and then someone says, you came back to church? I can't believe the walls are holding up. <laughs>
1: that is another excuse that i've heard people say i even heard yeah. it in the last couple of weeks is no if i went to church it would go to hell because <laughs> i'm <laughs> sinful uh, yeah and i'm like wait do you guys know who paul was do you know he was killing people uh for their faith so another thing i think of is th- the message should be good and, and so how would you know? What would be a litmus test if a sermon was good? So for me, one of the things is I should learn something about God. Uh-huh. If I'm there, I should learn something. Maybe it was what a miracle he did or how he spoke to his people or something. I should learn something about God.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, you should definitely learn something about the human condition in relation to god i know there's a lot of pastors they want to go through the greek and history and but there's no way to bring it home like i get the theology that jesus is the light of the world but i have no way to use it for the next seven days
1: yeah so that would be kind of the application part yeah i think a lot of times there's a disconnect between the theology or the intellectual Christian faith that we have and you know that's where we pop a verse here and a verse there but what does it actually look like for someone in 2022 September to be a Christian and be the light of the world Uh, and so hopefully the message encourages you to be that light to be Jesus or a representative of Jesus to other people in our communities, our families, our workplaces.
0: Yeah. I know this is more on the side of tone, but you know, on one side of the spectrum you have like Mr. Rogers encouraging, gentle, and then on the other side, you know, you have the you know, get out of hell now preaching. And there are there are fans of both sides. mm-hmm um, I kind of need what I like is the gentle one because, you know, it doesn't hurt hurt your heart to hear it. Uh, what I probably need is probably something more in the middle.
1: Yeah. Um, any other something else we want to look for in a healthy church?
0: Uh, I guess the personal lens is, you know, we talk about all this service, but um, someone should care about the fact that you're going to spend an eternity with God, and that you have uh, limited years on this earth, so, you know, they need to pour into you about living this life.
1: I think you want to look for a pastor who doesn't talk down to the people as well. Uh Someone, you know, if he's using Greek words and you know, all this fancy Christian jargon, like propitiation, uh, Uh then uh, and maybe the people like that, but if you're looking around and people are just using everyday, you know, kind of where I'm at farm talk, you know every day not not that they're not as smart they just it's not the same language um and so does the does the pastor fit with the people around and hopefully not talking down to them I've, I've seen that, and usually a pastor doesn't last long who does that
0: yeah, yeah, or a mentor or even an elder that's like you know someone that is an outstanding example of giving their heart to jesus and just finding that person and saying hey can i learn things from you can i become a better person by getting to know you and you know finding that is huge in church usually it takes maybe a few months maybe a year to find that person
1: right which again goes back to the intentionality of people in the church not just the pastor but anyone Um, so I I give a quick story of I was the college missionary um, so I ran a campus ministry at the University of Minnesota but I also went to the church and I was not hired by the church but I was the college pastor in a sense I led the college Sunday school class and some other things in affiliation and partnership with my ministry I had this old person who had been in the church seventy years, um, and she sat. There's probably two hundred people in the church at the time, and she sat on one side of the church, and I sat up front because Baptist sat up front. Oh,
0: someone got a new bicycle today.
1: So I was sitting in the front of the church, and. She came up to me, and she's got like this cane, and she can barely walk. And she, as slow, I mean, as fast as she could, came all the way across her section, the middle section, and down in the front to say, Ethan, look over there. See that guy leaving the church right now? Yeah. He sat next to me. Okay, what's his name? I don't know. I wanted to come tell you that he was here because he looked like a college student and to me I was so upset I'm like you've been here 70 years and yet you couldn't even ask the dude his name uh, we're talking about is where's the genuineness you know and the attitude of her was well the person who's doing ministry it's their responsibility to find out the person's name right. And and no it might be my responsibility to talk about the gospel or answer some deep questions or help someone through parts of their life, but it's everyone's opportunity to just be a friend to people.
0: Right. If a church gives you like a way, not just like encourages you, but actually gives you like a practical way to know, get to know people in the community or even share that you're a Christian. Um, you know, that that's huge too. You know, it's, Like, how many of us as, you know, just churchgoers have no practical way to do the Great Commission? Um, You know, the best the pastor can say is, you know, you should, you know, find someone at your work and tell them to go to church. (laughs) And, you know, that's that's a great method. But, you know, there's so much more you can do with it
1: right well, I think maybe there's one last question we should answer, and that is is there churches to avoid or churches maybe to look at before other churches?
0: Um, we didn't even go into the did deno- you know denominations um, which I think our good friend Billy was asking.
1: Yes. His says, my friends at camp told me to avoid Catholic Church, Pentecostal Church, and Anglican Church, because they teach unbiblical messages.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, it was big in the 90s, the whole divide between Catholic-Protestant. And, you know, we treated treated the churches like Dorito flavors. Like, you go to this church— it's a very light diet flavor of Dorito, um you know this go to this church is spicy, you know you know go to this church it's bold, you know you go to this church, it's just a tortilla chip um, and i think I think we have to step away from that, like I recognize that denominations have uh different traditions that dictate what they believe and what they can say. But um, at the same time, every church has its own f- fingerprint, and so you need you kind of have to you kind of have to judge based on that, not so much the tradition. I've been to churches that are you know hardcore Lutheran down to the church order and I've been to been to Lutheran churches that are consider themselves more you know community family friendly. Um, barely touch into that tradition.
1: I think that something I would say to people is that not all, as as you say, all the flavors have to be the same. Uh I know people that go to a Baptist church that don't read their Bible. I know people that go to a Catholic church that read their Bible. So I I would say going to a church that encourages you to look at the Bible yourself and read it Uh is important. A church that encourages you to pray is important. Uh
0: Um,
1: I think any church can be distracted by different things. Pentecostals are maybe famous for being distracted by the Holy Spirit or going too far with speaking in tongues or healings Not to say that they can't happen, but sometimes those things can be um, a distraction over the gospel message. Um, And so any church, Baptists can be distracted. I'm a Baptist. We've got our flaws. We've got plenty of them. Um, And so I would say it doesn't necessarily, as much as you might want to stick to some denominations, I would say if, if they're pointing you to Jesus and getting you to read the Bible and be a light to others, that's... More important than them holding up to a certain creed or demanding a certain amount of money being given if you're a member.
0: Right. And, you know, there's, you know, you might think this denomination's full of smart people, but then you find out that these smart people are spending too much time patting themselves on the back. You know, it's, it's, you know, what you think is good sometimes can become, you know, a bad thing as you said, distractions.
1: Definitely. There's lots of things to be distracted on. My last little comment would be, uh, one of my favorite books is The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. And in it, one of the first chapters is, I always thought that church was a safe place. You know, that you go there, you can put your guard down, everyone's focused on Jesus. But he describes a scene where you get to church And there's so many distractions. It's the grungy clothes that the auto mechanic wore to church with his fingers all dirty. And you happen to see them. Uh It's the, I think in there, it's like, it's the baker that can't sing in tune, but thinks he's a good singer and sings really loudly. And it sounds horrible. And so you say, wow, look at a horrible singer. And then you start comparing yourself and Uh there's always distractions. And so, as you said, at the very beginning, starting our church shopping, as we might call it, in prayer and asking God for guidance is just as important as when we're at church to say, God, help me stay focused and see what do you have for me today at this church?
0: Absolutely. And the I think a lot of what I'm learning is a lot of a church family is kind of enduring, enduring the imperfect with the stuff that you know got your heart confident about it in the first place so because like i know my church um you know i i sit in the service and sometimes i'm like you know i don't really wish they did it like that but you know at the same time this is this is something god is teaching me he's he's humbling me about you know or maybe he wants to use me to show what it is that they want to do. You know, it's you have to be, you know, you have to commit and you have to endure sometimes.
1: Yes, I, th- I think that is important to endure because as, as James says, James chapter 1, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And to think that maybe God is shaping us during those trials or Mm -hmm. maybe the church has to go through trials to kick some people off of the bus and put new people on the bus in order to go do the thing that God wants them to do
0: yes and speaking of scripture we have that you know a lot of people say that the the Bible you know New Testament doesn't talk about you know meeting together or going to church you know going to somewhere Uh, together as a church is man's law. But, you know, we have this verse in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. um, Or let's even go back to 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So that's like... A manifesto for fellowship and community within your church right there
1: yeah it is and i think that's what it's about the fellowship of the community not the mm-hmm. bricks that make up the building
0: yeah and then we have just in case that other person is not really convinced uh, we have the example of the first christians in acts 2 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Um, All the believers were together and had everything in common.
1: And yeah, you can't have everything in common or even be close if you don't spend more than one hour a week together.
0: Yeah, in fact... To go a little bit further, verse 46 says, Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. You mean I need to be around Christians during weekdays? Hmm. I oh, I... I was only supposed to give God an hour. Well,
1: if, if I wanted to be a marathon runner, um, and I tried this one time, I trained for a half marathon three weeks before the half marathon. And I didn't train very well. But if I if I want to consider myself an avid runner, just exercising once a week is not going to see improvement in my times, as much as it would be three times a week, four times a week. Um, even, you know, and it doesn't have to be for hours, right? It can be 15 minutes here, 10 minutes there, um, an hour here. And so for me, I think the importance of having community and fellowship more than once a week is... Makes it is a huge difference. It's night and day versus even meeting twice a week versus once a week is a hundred percent more.
0: Absolutely, it's kind of like counseling or going to AA. If you went to counseling or AA on you know Easter and Christmas, um, that would be just such a waste of your time because nothing would ever stick. Um, There'd be nothing to spur you on. You might as well not go. but, you know, if you're going regularly, you can see yourself growing and changing. I agree. Yeah.
1: Well, I hope we've answered Bill's questions a little bit. We've talked about church in a lot of different ways. Um, I don't know if there's anything else I want to add to that. Mike, what about you?
0: I, I think uh, we, we hit the nail on the head uh, minus all the questions our listeners might be thinking of as we speak, uh, but other than that, you know, we served a good basis.
1: I agree, and I don't know. Do you have a topic yet for next week, or will we just surprise the listeners next week?
0: Uh, you know, I I want to surprise them. Um, it could be anything. We could be talking about end times. Could be talking about proper communion. Uh, theology
1: all right well let's surprise them so yes well i hope this has uh made you guys think about church uh maybe you're at a healthy church maybe you're not and what does that mean for you to make it healthier or learn or serve mm-hmm. and so continue to ask god as mike said ask god to be a part of your church involvement
0: yes and on a lighter note, if all else fails, go to the potluck, see at the quality of the food, and use that, but only if all else fails.
1: That's right. Potlucks. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, we'll see you next week.
0: All right. See you from Friends on the Fringe.